This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable, behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and And no BS. This is two BAs on a pod. This is episode two for our true behaviors of crime. Yes, I'm so excited. So let's just I get right into the case because it's kind of a long one. Um, and I, I want to go through the case as quickly as possible without missing like key details. And then Ashley and I are going to have like a conversation about the behaviors and the function of basically all all of the behaviors of the people involved in this case. So this is the case of Sherry Papini. So Sherry Papini, uh, she's from Redding, California. She's a mom of two. Um, at, at the time of when this case first started, her kids were two and four. She was a wife of seven years to Keith Papini, who she has known since she was in like middle school. So she's known oh, this. Wow. Yeah, she's known him for a long time. They end up getting married um, around like 27. They got married and she was described as a super mom. So she was a doting, loving wife. She was a good mom by all accounts. Um, She liked to run, so she liked to be physically active. Um, So she has all of the great qualities of a wife and a mom that were described by the people who love her. Um, So what happened? So on November 2nd, 2016, Sherry Papini went on an afternoon run, which was very normal for her. Um, And when her husband got home around 5.51 that night, he came home. The doors were unlocked. Sherry's car was in the driveway. But when he walked in the house, there was nobody home. And usually by the time Keith gets home, the kids are there. His wife is there. Um, But he thought maybe they went for a walk. He wasn't too concerned at the time. So he kind of let the time pass him. But as it got later in the night, he started to worry because Sherry and his two kids were still not home. Um, So he decided to call the daycare because the kids do go to daycare during the day. And when he called the daycare, they told him that Sherry had not picked up her kids that day. And he was like super concerned because Sherry would never leave her kids at daycare. Um, right. She was a very responsible mother. So that like he freaked out once he heard that she did not pick up the kids. After that, he used the Find My iPhone app to mm-hmm. search where she was at. So when he used the Find My iPhone app, he saw her phone ping with like kind of down their driveway. I'm not too sure how big their property is because um, down their driveway is the old Oregon Trail. So it pinged down the the old Oregon Trail and he found her phone. And it was hitting, it was like thrown in the bushes and attached was her, um, her headphones. It was like the regular old school headphones with wires. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, not the AirPods. And it was attached with <laughs> her headphones and some hair was like tangled up in the wires. Um, oh, yeah, so it was really concerning because his wife is missing. 
the kids are still at daycare. Um, her phone is in the bushes with a chunk of her hair. So really like right. concerning for him. So this is pretty much when the case started. It kind of broke all open at this time because he called the police um, and then he filed the missing the missing person report. And um, this is when everything uh, kind of the catalyst to everything. So he was freaking out. The cops imagine. Yeah. So crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, thank God for find my iPhone app, because I mean, I don't know if you'd have found the phone like immediately, but just the fact that he was able to find it like right away. And then like the tell, like the telltale signs of chunk of hair in the wires. Um, And it's so like kind of weird, but the song that was playing on repeat when he found the phone was like their wedding song. So he was just oh like, my God. I know like the, the drama. That's so sad. Yeah. So he found the phone playing their wedding song on repeat and it's just, uh, he, he was freaking cause it's really out of her character to, she's like, okay, maybe dropping her phone would be something, but for her to right. not pick up the kids, like this is way out of character for Sherry. Right, and her hair is like tangled in it, so clearly she didn't just like drop it. Like exactly, it's obvious something happened here. Yep, exactly. So he sent his mother-in-law to pick up the kids. He waited for the cops to come, and that is pretty much when the search started to happen. Once the cops started to do their investigation, he talked to all of their, like the friends and families, and. Like I said before, by all accounts, she was a great mom, a loving wife, and um, no one no one suspected that she would just leave the family willingly um, because she seemed to have a, a great life. She had a great husband. She was a stay-at-home mom. She had her two kids. She wasn't like she wasn't in an abusive relationship. No one had said that there was any type of um, tension between the husband and her which we all know right. if you listen to true crime usually the husband did it <laughs> but in, right. this, in this situation there was no like signs that there would be any like argument or tension or reason for her to want to leave or any right. reason for Keith to you know want to murder her or make her disappear but of course we only see like what they show us so we don't know what's going on behind closed doors right same thing with like chris watts like we talked about before like everything looked perfect on facebook but then in real life you don't know yes we don't live with these people (laughs) exactly um so she was like i said 34 when this happened she was attractive blonde Um, and once they sent her like missing report to like the local news, it hit national news pretty quickly. It went viral. Um, you know, we can talk a little bit more later, like why we think certain cases go viral more than others, but she was a white blonde, attractive, and she was probably relatable to some people. Like this lady went for a run and she was snatched off of the street. Like how scary that could be my daughter, right. that could be me, that could be my sister. So this story right. hit like national news pretty quickly. And a lot of people got involved with the search. Uh, there was a big organization for hundreds of people searching the um, the old Oregon Trail and the surrounding areas right. of Redding. And she was also well known in her community because she was born and raised from in Reading. I'm not too sure like um, how big that community is, or right. But she was born and raised, so everybody in that small community knew her. And um, they started a GoFundMe, and the FundMe, the GoFundMe actually generated over fifty thousand dollars. So she had a lot of support. A lot Damn. of people were trying to look for her. A lot of people were praying for her. And uh, hoping that she returns. So, you know, suspects, as the investigation went on, they looked into Keith Papini, her husband, of course. That's like they have to like rule it out. Yes, that's like the first. Anytime a a wife or a husband is like missing, it's always like look at the spouse. But they were able to rule her rule her husband out pretty quickly. 
by all accounts, there was no reason for him to do this. And he seemed genuinely upset, which is different from like Chris Watts or the Scott Peterson uh-huh. case where they're like, right. they're like kind of blank and they don't have much emotion, which everyone shows stress differently. So not to say like right. you need to be crying upset, but he seemed genuine. He wanted to help in any way. He right. volunteered to do interviews with the police. So he was very cooperative with the investigation. So they suspected him, but rolled him out. Um, they checked on other like ex-boyfriends. They did go through her phone and then they found like two ex-boyfriends with female names. So she was like, being oh my sleeping. God. Yeah. <laughs> Damn girl. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. So she was, she was talking to some ex-boyfriends, but they checked those leads out and they weren't able to solidify anything. They also had a similar case um, about a decade earlier. Her name was uh, Tara, Sm- Tara Smith. And she actually went to the same high school as Sherry. And oh, wow. she, yeah, and the last time she was spotted was on that same trail going on a run. So, oh my God. Yeah. So it was very, very similar in like the situation. She went missing. The case was never solved. Um, she was also an attractive white female. So a lot of similarities in the case just happening like a decade later. So they thought right. maybe there was like some a murderer in the area that did the same crime and just committing it again. So right. they were like looking into those connections, but they couldn't find any any connection with that. Um, so they really didn't have any solid leads at the moment, but people were searching. Like they had the or- organization looking. Um, it was hitting national news. So it was very top of mind, but they didn't have solid leads. Um, the theory that she walked away will- willingly was determined like uh un- incre- in- sorry uncredible very quickly um right because like i said earlier she didn't have much reason to just leave so that right. was a theory but the the investigation said no we are um when they had interviews like police interviews the investigators were like no she is considered missing and in danger so they were not treating this as like, oh, maybe she just wanted a new life. Maybe she walked mm-hmm. away um, from jump. They were treating it as a um, case where she is in harm and she right. was taken unwillingly. So three weeks passed by. Um, <laughs> no leads, nothing that they can continue to look at. But Sherry returns. So... On Thanksgiving morning, um, like 2 2 a.m., she was found on Interstate 5, which was like 100 miles away from where she's from, from Reading. Um, Shit. Yeah. So this lady reported that she she saw some girl, some lady, weaving in and out of traffic, and she looked like frantic. She was clearly really upset um she like appeared, walking she was walking in the freeway like like, oh running, like waving her arm trying to get people. oh yeah she was trying to get someone's attention on the freeway the oh the sun God. hasn't even risen yet so it was dark um and terrifying. yeah she was with her daughter too this the lady that was driving and she said it was oh my just, God. like she said the it, she was haunted by that scene for like many years after because this right. Sherry was clearly battered, beaten. Um, she looked very thin, frail. She looked absolutely petrified. So when she locked eyes with Sherry, she was really scared because she was going like 70 miles per hour. Um, but right, she was of course. like, they're on a freeway on Interstate 5. So, but she miraculously, like, was able to stop. She called the police. Um, and like I said, they were not in Reading. So the police from that district kind of had to figure out that this is Sherry Papini, the missing woman from right. Reading, California. And they had to make those connections. But Keith Papini, her husband, was made of aware of her appearance pretty quickly, within hours. So Keith Papini was 
thrilled, of course, right? Like a Thanksgiving right. miracle. His, his wife that was missing for three weeks finally reappears on Thanksgiving. And alive. Yeah, alive, although she is clearly like traumatized, frantic. She is alive. Right. So Keith Papini and the the Reading, the Reading police, the investigators that were in charge of this case, Head over there because when they were told like this possibly could be Sherry, they weren't sure if this is true, but they went over there and sure enough, it was Sherry Papini. So Keith was absolutely elated to see his wife alive and, um, you know, being able to reconnect with her. Right. So when she returned, um, you know, the police needed to know like what happened, like who took you? We need to find, we need to find your captors. Like, we need to know everything. But right. Jerry was clearly traumatized and upset. She would not talk to the police. It was right. almost like she didn't trust the police. And she just didn't say much. It wasn't until Keith Papini like, was in the interview room alone which reminds me of our last case because um, right. Chris Watts only talked to the, his dad. Yeah. So they they brought in Keith Papini. Um, they left the room. And then this is when Sherry opened up on what happened to her. Did they record it? Or was it like what – like because I know with the other case, we got to see like Chris Watts speaking to his dad because those rooms have cameras. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, mean, I find it crazy that people think like, oh, I have privacy now. I can just tell. I know. But like it's, it is weird, right? Like you obviously, yeah. you know, they're listening to you. But I guess just like having being able to talk to your loved one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of weird. But yeah, the police were able to listen in and they were able to see like, what they were talking about. Um, right. But I, maybe just being more comfortable to being in the room with her husband instead of right, right. the investigators. So she told her husband that, that she went on her afternoon run, which she always mm-hmm. did. And when she was on that run, two Hispanic females uh, forced her into the car. Um, wow. At that time, they told her, you need to get rid of the the um, phone so she threw her phone out which she intentionally intentionally grabbed her hair to leave like a clue so oh okay yeah she's smart yeah right it is smart so she thought to leave a clue she pulled her hair out and then she threw the um phone on the on the floor and she went in the car and they put like a bag over her head so she had no idea where she was going um, they tied her with zip ties, so she was, you know, laying on the back seat, and she oh was, God. yeah, super scary. So she had no idea where she went, um, but she did know there were two Hispanic females and one had a gun. But after that, she did not say much. Um, she did open up little by little, like after each interview passed. So she wouldn't say right. like everything at one time. Um, of she would say like the the house was it it was it was in a rural area it was in a raised like i had to climb upstairs to get to the main floor um so she would right. give like little bits and pieces after each subsequent interview uh it was like maybe she got like more memory of what happened right she just didn't open up right away um she even went to like a friend's house and the friend reported like she was clearly like traumatized. She was sh- right. sh- like visibly shaking as she spoke about the incident. She wouldn't use the restroom without her husband coming. So she wow. had all of these signs of like PTSD. So she was just, when she got back, she was a different person. She was frail. Her hair was cut. That was another detail that she gave that one of her captors Um, made her cut her hair. They branded her. So she came back with like a brand. Yes. She wasn't sure exactly what they branded her with, but she was able to clearly describe the noises, the feeling, the pain. Yeah. So she was branded. She said that they starved her, that she only ate um, apples and tortillas. 
And um, yeah, I know such a rant. Like, how are you so rhyming up to apples and tortillas? That was such a random food. Okay. (laughs) Yes. They're Hispanic. So, oh, yeah. We love our tortillas. And apples, yes. <laughs> yes, so they they fed her very little. Um, these are like details that came out slowly. So it wasn't like she said it all at one time. She was like slowly telling them more and more details. She told them that they chained her by the waist. They made her use a litter box to use the restroom. Oh my goodness. But they, they did let her... Um, they did let her shower, so that was nice of them. But they didn't let her right. use the restroom. And then they also told her that she was going to be sold. So, oh my God. Yeah. So basically, she was like, it was like human trafficking. And um, they told her that her buyer was going to be a cop. So, this is, this kind of explains the mistrust in the law enforcement at the time was that she had said that the cops were involved with this whole missing person situation. So she didn't want to tell the cops anything um, because her her buyer in this human trafficking trade was going to be a cop. So That's terrible. Yeah. So she was not doing well when she got back. Um, she got diagnosed with PTSD. Of course. She ended up getting compensated with it was it's called victims compensation, and she received money mm-hmm. from that. She got therapy. Her therapy Great. paid for um, the state inserted blinds um, because she was just super fearful of anybody watching her. So they inserted blinds in her house. So oh she my was, God. yeah, she was laying really low and really, um, really affected by the whole situation. I mean, I think anybody would be. However, as the investigation, because there were so many people invested in this story since it hit national right. news. They had hundreds of people searching for her. People all the were money. really yes, all that money. They had fifty thousand in the GoFundMe, so people were donating. They were invested, and the police had no leads. They had no idea um, what happened, how this happened. Sherry wasn't given too much information. She did a really poor job describing the vehicle that took her um she did a poor job describing like where she was which i mean she was like a bag over her head so i don't know how she would be able to describe where she went but her details were not very detailed so like it wasn't adding up (laughs) yeah they're like what like i don't know like we have nothing to go off of like right so as the investigators continue to look into leads they're some doubt started to trickle in. So oh, they start, yeah, they started to doubt Sherry's <laughs> stories. Like what? There were some things that didn't make sense. Like you're using the shower, but you have to use the restroom in the cat litter. Like, yeah, like that. I feel like if they're going to that extent of being like, oh, you have to use a litter box. Like, wouldn't they just give you like a bucket or like hose you down? Like, why are they giving you that? that comfortability of like having a shower right it's not like she said oh yeah they would let me shower but they'd watch me or like they right. would let me shower but they wouldn't give me soap like which you'll see a lot in cases like that but it's like oh no they just like let me shower like okay right. like, that's it's weird. weird like just go pee in the shower like i don't understand yeah like, like so there are some things that are contradicting she said that her hands were tied behind her back but she was able to chew off the ties. So how do you, (laughs) yeah. How do you get your hands from the back to the front? Um, There were, there were saying like, why were you branded? Because what she was branded, it said Exodus, um, which is like a a verse. Like the book of Exodus. Yes. The book of Exodus (laughs) in the Bible. And the, in that story in the Bible is like, the freedom of the Israelites. So it's like the freedom of slavery. Yeah. So why would you be branded with that if you were being going to be a slave put into slavery? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's like minor, but it's still weird. Like, why would they brand you Exodus? Sherry did say the captor said that that's what the cop wanted. The buyer, he wanted her to be branded Mm. Exodus. It was just okay. And then also it was weird. Like you were released on Thanksgiving day. Like that was 
kind of suspicious because of all days you're going to be released is on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and she was claiming to be released, not claiming to have gotten out, gotten away. No. And that's something else, too. She said that she tried to um, run away, but they caught her. And then the branding was punishment for running, trying to run away. And then she changed her story like, oh, no, the buyer wanted the branding. So right. there, was, there was contradictions in that. And yeah. they said that she had said when she was released, she heard the two women argue in Spanish. And then she heard a gunshot. And then she was thrown back into that vehicle and then just like dropped off on the freeway. So it's like it's weird. Out of all days, you're released on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and then they did look into Sherry's history and she did have previous encounters with the police, like petty petty crimes of vandalism. Right. Petty thefts from, uh, I think she stole from her, her dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she she had some history, which, you know, doesn't mean too much. But, it right, shows- but on top of all this other shit, it's like, okay, and, and we already have had problems with you lying before. So. Exactly. <laughs> it just shows some, like, character. Of right, right. Is. They also found a blog post that was posted in 2003. Um, oh it was God. under Sherry Graf. Graf is her maiden name. So, I mean, they could not um. connect that this was her. But the blog post was essentially talking about a white woman getting bullied by Hispanic girls. Okay. So, like a saying- story of bullying? Yeah, like she was the person that she was white and she was getting bullied and that these Hispanic girls are jealous of her and that she's proud to be white. And there was even a line okay. in the blog post. It was like, being white is more than my skin color. It's about standing behind skinheads. And, and oh, yeah, it was like white supremacist type of like blog post. Yeah, that's bad. Because I feel like if she did, because I feel like a lot of people like to think like, oh, when you're white, you can't face prejudice. You can't face bullying. Like Mm -hmm. that just doesn't happen to you. It's like, like as someone who grew up in an area where like uh, minorities are the majority and actually, and I'm fine with that. Like, I don't care. I think it's good that I have had that experience. But I've faced issues or racism towards me for being or right. looking white so a lot of times people think i'm cuban and then once i'm like oh no i'm not cuban i'm actually white and they're like oh okay well then i get like another type of attitude right which is like whatever but um so if she was like just expressing something she went through i feel like that's fine but she took that to like another level <laughs> that was like hate level. speech like yes <laughs> that's she, not she, like necessary yes yeah, she talked about the kkk or she talked about skinhead Girl. and standing behind yeah so it was it's like now I'm like, did that even really happen then? Like, did you actually get bullied? Right. But like, I don't yeah, know. maybe she did. And it just by chance, Hispanic females took her. I don't know. Oh um, my God. So there was there was a lot of doubt creeping in. Right. Um. So it wasn't until um 2018 where they were able was it, I think maybe 2017 a year later where they uh, were able to get the DNA process back from all of her clothes i don't know why it takes so wow. long to process dna but they yeah that's long long time you think they'd be more on top of it but i don't know maybe right. they have like a lot of dna to process i don't know but right. a year later they were fine finally able to process all of her clothes and they they found two separate dnas that was not sherry's so that kind of like supports her story because she was kidnapped by two hispanic females right one of the DNAs was really like was like partial DNA, so they weren't even able to process it in CODIS. CODIS is right. like the um, database that uh, like federal they use, like or like nationally they're able to use. Everybody's uh, anybody who gets arrested, their DNA is automatically uploaded in CODIS. So if this person has any as a felon, right? Yeah, I don't know if you misdemeanors. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. But all criminals are their DNA is processed in CODIS. And right. um, if you have any criminal background, you'd pop up and show a match. But they weren't able to find a match with um, this, this DNA. So whoever did this, whoever captors were, just had no history of any criminal behavior. So, you know, another year went on because there was no... 
there was no hit. There was no hit DNA. There was no leads. It was a big mystery. So finally, uh, do you know what familial DNA is? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is like what broke broke up in the case for – um, the Golden State Killer. Yes, the Golden State yes. Killer. Yes, yes. So that happened in 2016. Um, so this is like familial DNA is basically like when you go do geno- our ancestors. What's another one? Heritage, 23 Me. Yeah. All those yeah. Things. But they also will – they can gather that from CODIS as well too mm-hmm. because if like your second or third cousin was arrested or something. Mm-hmm. But they are pulling it now from like these uh, companies where you yeah. – Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 23andMe, like you're saying, which I feel like people – this is why you got to read the fine print. I mean, whatever. I wouldn't care. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't have anything on me, but – Right, but you don't might. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I mean, that's not my fault, though. Don't fucking murder somebody. I don't know, but – Yeah. That's crazy that they can do that. It's, it's crazy. So, it's so crazy. So they were able to fi- – they got a familial DNA uh, match, and – Obviously, when you get the match in familial DNA, it's not like one person because you have a whole mm-hmm. family. So they have like all these matches that they have to kind of like go through and find like the links. But they found somebody that would make sense. So they found a hockey player um, oh. who was actually Sherry's ex-boyfriend. So his oh, shit. name, yes. So his name was James Reyes. James and Sherry dated previously, and they actually were engaged once. So, yeah, so they had a pretty serious relationship. Um, And they were like, okay, let's check out this James Reyes guy. Right, like, why is your DNA on her fucking clothes? (laughs) And not only on her clothes, it was on her underwear. Um, Okay. Yeah. It wasn't sperm. They didn't say it was sperm. They just said DNA. Um. What so the fuck they, else would be? Yeah, <laughs> somebody's underwear. Yeah, kind of weird. The fuck. So they ended up drive. They I don't know. They drove, flew, or whatever. But this guy lived in Costa Mesa, California. So if okay. you don't know California, it's fucking huge. Um, right. Redding, California, is Northern California, and Costa Mesa is Southern California. Um. So it's a really long. It's a really long distance, and right. they came. I actually live pretty close to Costa Mesa. It's like 20 minutes away. So they came all the way to Costa Mesa and um, they kind of staked out his house. And oh they, my God. yeah, they, it was like such a, like such a movie. They watched him like his, his trash, what he drank and they found oh like God. a green tea bottle and they were able to take that and have that DNA um, tested and see if it matched the actual DNA that was found on Sherry Papini's underwear. Sure your enough, trash is not safe. Not like your safe. trash is fair game. You better it, watch it how you throw away in there. It is fair so game. So crazy. So sure enough, um, it was a match. Sherry and yeah. um, from Sherry Pippini's underwear and James Reyes <laughs> DNA, it, perfect match. So they found they're like so excited. They finally found someone that has something to do with the case. But remember, Sherry said two Hispanic females. So why is James Reyes's DNA on your underwear. It's also crazy to see that she has racism towards this community of people because if this is her ex, he's Hispanic. His last name is Reyes. That's yeah. not a white name. <laughs> right. I know. Like, so it's like, I don't know. I think that's just weird. But, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even Google the guy. I need to Google. He sounded like a total, like, looking him up, Barreau guy because he, like, he was like a lived. He didn't wasn't never married. He just lived single, like the bachelor lifestyle. Oh, he looks white as fuck. Never mind. Maybe he? he's like, yeah, he looks kind of white. Yeah, but you know what? Whatever. I've met many Hispanic people that look that Caucasian. Look like that doesn't mean anything. But it's, I just think it's interesting that she's like painting this like white supremacy thing. But it's like her ex. Is right, Hispanic. Like it doesn't make any sense. I know, but you know, my notes off, like off this topic. But my uh, mother-in-law last name is Garcia, and she's white as fuck. So see, yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> when I get married, my last name would be Hispanic as well, and exactly. I'm not. So you never know. Maybe his like mom is white, his dad's whatever. Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't know. know. But you still, know. 
Yeah. So they they knock on his door. The police, they kind of just did a cold knock and they're like, what's up, dude? Like, we found your DNA on this missing women's case. Like, what's going on? Fucking underwear. And yes. So we we need to know what the the fuck happened. So he didn't say much at first. Like, he wasn't talking. (laughs) No but shit. As, He's probably like, I want a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But as like they like kind of try to get more out of him and like, like, look, we have your DNA. Like you need to talk or you're going to get arrested. He started to cooperate. Right. His story about what happened was fucking wild. So he told the police. He told the police in 2015. So this happened in 2016 of um, November. Right. He said that they reconnected in December of 2015. So, so almost a year before. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So they reconnected. I guess he found some like old items of her in his apartment. He mailed it back okay. to her. And then from That's there. Normal. Yeah, it's normal. It wasn't like he was trying to talk to her, but he just like, oh, this is your stuff. When we used to live together, here, have it back. But then that was, right. like, a prompt for her to, like, talk to him and, like, reconnect. Oh, God. Sherry told James that Keith Papini was abusive to her and that um, she oh my was – God. Yeah, that she was in an abusive relationship, that she needs help. She needs to get out of this relationship. So they um, kind of – well, honestly, Sherry concocted this plan – um, oh my god! This guy, he seemed like a total, just like yes, like a yes boy. Like whatever she said, he did. Right? Um, can you imagine someone coming to you with this fucking plan? Like, hey, right. I want you to, I want to do all these crazy things, and then you just being like, sure, right? Cool. And like, what? Yeah, exactly. But he felt like he was just helping an old friend. Like he thought she was in trouble. Um, so she told, she, <laughs> yeah, she told um, James. Get a get a minute by minute phone, so a burner phone, um, and we're gonna contact this way. I need you to pick me up on Old Oregon Trail, and um, I need you to ask somebody else to get the rental car for you because um, it can't be attached to your name. So she came up with right. all this detail, wow. you know, according to James. So James picks her up on that. November day, that November morning, and she gets in the his car, and she doesn't say much. The whole car ride, car ride from Reading to Costa Mesa, which is a really right. long drive, like ten plus hours, and she didn't of say silence. Much. Yeah, of silence. Oh, yeah, she laid flat in the back of the car. She just like laid flat, so she, no one can see her that she was in the back of the car, and she didn't say much. Weird. Super weird. So when they got back to his house, she told him, I want this room. I want your bed. (laughs) So she slept in his bed. He said that they both claimed they didn't have any sexual relations during the whole three weeks. Who knows if that's true. But how is the DNA in the underwear then? That doesn't make sense. Right. But the investigators. Like what other way would that get in there? The investigators said that the underwear, the DNA could transfer by her just sleeping in his bed. Just because his DNA, like his skin. Right, like his hair or something. Yeah, and they're just living together. Their DNA can like commingle. Um, Right, right. Yeah, it was like I said, it wasn't sperm. It was just DNA. It was just like like a dead skin cell on her DNA. Yeah, that's true. So it wasn't like it was sperm. Still just so weird. Yeah, but she was like, I want this room. I want this bed. He slept on the couch. (laughs) And she totally like rearranged his apartment and made it like livable because he's a dude so she cleaned it um, is this guy okay right <laughs> is he well like what the fuck is going I, that's on that's what i was thinking this whole time listening, like what is why is he just letting her do all this it's weird he offered her food she refused to eat so basically she starved herself he, she asked um james to beat her oh my he, god he refused to beat her, but this is where the line was drawn. He was like, "No, the <laughs> first time he says no, right? I'm he not going to beat you." To beat her with her hands, but he would um, hit hockey pucks off of her. Well, that's like, great. No big deal. What the? What? F- we'll get into like the behaviors of James because I'm so fucking confused. Who <laughs> that's all I agree? care about. <laughs> Who would agree to any of the stuff? So he's like, Weird. He's like, I didn't beat her but I did hit hockey pucks off of her. And that's why 
she had all this bruising because when she did imagine if he knocked her teeth out right (laughs) i she would have loved that probably would have made better story it's like she oh my god i know because when she got back, oh. she did have bruising of, like, multi- different stages of bruising. So it was, like, she yeah. got bruised six months ago. Or not six months ago. Like, week one, week two. So right, it, it right. wasn't like it was just, like, one time. So, like, she was getting beat, like, right. throughout. But he was, like, saying, yeah, I would do this. Like, I would hit hockey books off of her. He, she even, like, ran into his his hockey stick. Like, he, like, was holding it. And she, like, ran and, like, <laughs> herself. Can you so, imagine like watching this happen? Like, well, imagine, what are you doing? Imagine like agreeing to this. To ha- I just don't understand. And the story was corroborated by the detectives. Obviously, had to do another invest- investigation within this oh investigation. Um, so the story was corroborated because a lot of the details matched up to the details that Sherry was able to give. Like Sherry described right. some of like the. What the room, the layout of the room, or like fix certain fixtures, or um, however, like the way her environment looked, she the way she described right. it, and it looked like that in his house. So they're like, okay, this is for sure his house because she described it, and this is what it right. looks like. Um, so it was corroborated that it did probably happen, but Sherry still denied it. She was still not having it. Like no. Two Hispanic females, like, this was not, this is not true. Like, he's lying. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, eventually, she was charged uh, because they were able to, you know, corroborate James's story. And um, they were able to find enough evidence. And they ended up arresting her and finding her guilty. Um, she was arrested for fraud. Um, because Good. she did receive a lot of compensation right. from the state, from the victim's compensation. Um, that GoFundMe money that was <clears throat> uh, $50,000 in the GoFundMe, um, they later found out was used for like credit card debt, just like personal, wow. yeah, personal reasons. And yeah, so that's basically the end. It was it was declared a hoax and let's get into what the fuck <laughs> because it's God. like they answered they answered like what happened but they did not answer like why this happened what is the reasoning why would anybody go to this extent to just right. fake their own kidnapping we can get into the behaviors of everybody i mean even the husband like was the husband involved right i was just thinking that like they they never found anything saying that he was no and he so no they actually think that he definitely was not because um when they confronted sherry with all this evidence like look this is james apartment and they were showing pictures of james apartment Keith Papini was like elated, like, oh my God, you found the captors. Like, this is awesome. Uh, like, he was yeah. so excited because he thought that they found the captors. And then once it came out that who it was and what happened, and the police continued with like telling telling Cherry and Keith, like, no, this is probably fake. It was very visible to the investigators that he was upset. He left the room. Yeah. So he seemed upset. He thought like this was a real kidnapping and um yeah it, it's sad so he actually ended up divorcing her and getting good full, yeah full custody of the kids oh okay yeah so she lost her husband she lost her kids she lost her credibility i mean people she are, jail time they haven't done the sentencing the sentencing is actually oh. gonna be, it's gonna be in july of this year yeah. So um, we're we're waiting to see exactly what, but she can be she can receive over thirty thousand dollars in like she has to pay it back in fines, right? And then she could possibly do some prison time. So it we have we don't know what the what she's gonna get yet because it hasn't happened. But she did, mm-hmm. yeah, she did plead guilty. So we'll see what she gets sentenced. So I don't, I don't think the husband was involved. It was like a question. Right, I don't think he did receive like the financial compensation. But what do you think her the function of her behaviors? Like, why do you think she did this? I mean, I think 
the big one that's like obvious is probably escape because like she's like okay i don't think you have to be in an abusive relationship to be unhappy you can be with a beautiful woman or man that treats you right and sometimes you're just not happy like sometimes there's something there maybe that spark is not there maybe that sexual attraction is not there like you can be with a good person and lose that yep um or maybe it wasn't even really like she was engaged to this guy this hockey player before her husband why did they break up why did they like did something happen did he cheat did he have to start traveling for work more like maybe she still like she obviously still had feelings for exes in the past she was still talking to a couple other men right so who's to say you know she meets keith he's a good man good job stable life so just imagine right She knew him maybe for a while, obviously. And maybe she was like, this is a good man. He makes me happy. He's good to me. I'm going to settle down. And then, you know, you do that and you're, and again, this is just like hearsay because I don't know if that's really what happened, but clearly she was not happy with Keith regardless. She's lying about him being abusive. That's not true. And she wants to leave. So to me, that looked like escape, but also like we're saying that the money was used for credit card debt and things like that so i'm thinking like access as well like she clearly was probably following this on the news probably seeing oh we have this gofundme it's 50k she's seeing the money go up she's seeing the people looking for her she knows if i turn back up i'm gonna get all this money i'm gonna get this and my life is gonna be fine so i would say access and escape i don't i don't even know if attention would really be it because i feel like the be like the function of the behavior of returning was more probably for what she got like access to from that return rather than like the attention. I feel like if she, if it was more of attention based, she would have wanted to talk to the cops more, wanted to be in the media more, wanted to do interviews more, um, like maybe started making more blog posts. Like I feel like there would have been more like attention based behaviors rather than like her kind of wanting to like make it seem like she had PTSD and not want to be bothered with. Right. But she received a shitload of attention when she went missing. And right. So that's true. She did live through like the missing case of Tara Smith, her own classmate. True. True. She did see the attention that Tara Smith received when she went missing. So I feel like she'd kind of tried to emulate because Tara Smith went missing on a run on or- Old Oregon Trail. Right. Why would you use it. the same exact way to go missing as your old classmate? So I right. almost thought like maybe she was a little envious of all the attention that Tara got when she went missing. Or not True. even envious, but maybe like, oh, this is how you can get attention. Like national attention is go, go missing. Um, right, because so- she had access to that attention while she was gone. It's not like she was actually being held captive. She could have been watching that she live. Was, yeah, James right. said that she was watching it on her little burner phone. That she was. Oh, she was, for sure. Then. Yeah. So I mean, attention, attention, access. Th- those two functions were like the first ones for me. Escape. Right. For three weeks, she said she missed her. James said that she missed her kids and wanted to go home on Thanksgiving Day because she wanted to be with her kids. Okay. So that, I mean, escape for three weeks, sure. I mean, sometimes you just need a little escape. So that could definitely be it. Um, But she received a lot of financial compensation. And she also received the, like, sympathy from her loved ones and friends. So I don't know, would that be attention or would that be access? Because people were treating her differently. I think that would be attention because I think if it was access, it would be more like, tangible. oh, I know that you've been gone. Yeah, like there would be yeah. some sort of tangible, like you've been gone for so long. I'm going to cook you f- meals for the next month for dinner. And then are other friends going to make lunches for your kids? Like though that would be attention based as well, but there's also a tangible involved. I think exactly. if it, with the sympathy aspect of them just like feeling bad for her and showing her that through like verbal communication yeah. that mm-hmm. it would be attention like yep. solely attention exactly even if they were just spending time with her that's still attention because you know if we're in session if i say okay we're going to reinforce with this behavior with attention mm-hmm. i'm not going to say like bring over their favorite toy like you can simply just sit next to them and talk to them yeah. like, or give verbal praise or whatever so yeah i would say that's just attention yeah and i think for sure she received a lot of attention and then the links right. with the two hispanic like she used like she was very adamant from day one Two Hispanic females did this to me. I almost feel like maybe she was bullied 
in high school. Right, maybe. Maybe she was. I don't know what her, like, I don't know what the demographics of Reading is. Um, yeah, me either. I have no idea. But maybe she was bullied by Hispanic females and maybe she did have this, like, disdain from them. And it was also in 2016 where the, I mean, the country is still very divided. But yeah. in 2016, the country was extremely divided, especially with Trump calling Mexicans rapists and all that. <laughs> like the, All that stuff was going right. around. So people were like, once this hit the media, people were pissed off that she was using a minority as like a scapegoat on this fictitious kidnapping. So, you know, right. I don't know why she decided to use two Hispanic females. I feel like maybe she did this because she did have some private events about this maybe there was a learning For history sure. in the past of um hispanic so i think that is very interesting that she chose to use that those that as her captors and then what about the behaviors of the ex-boyfriend james reyes oh i think God. what if what a like what a dumbass. weirdo why would you what was his functions like what was going on with him the only thing i can think is like I really want to know why they broke up because I'm wondering, like, was he in the wrong and did he f- have some type of private event of of guilt? Like, okay, I maybe I cheated on her. Maybe I broke off this engagement and I, I know I really hurt her. Um, whatever, whatever it was. And then it's like, okay, well, this is how I can, like, make up for that. Was there, like, some sort of manipulation there as well? Or she even said, like, hey, you did this to me. You're gonna, now you're going to do this for me. Like, we don't know. Right. Um, because the only thing I can think is, like, one, I'm thinking, like, sensory. Like, did you get some type of sensory reinforcement from mm-hmm. physically harming her? Because I don't give a fuck. I am not going to abuse somebody because they just tell me to do it. Right. You want to say you didn't hit her with your hands? You fucking hit her with a hockey puck. Right. You're a professional hockey player. Those things go, like... I don't even know how fast they go, but, but they go pretty fast. They knock teeth out. Yes. Like they break jaws. Like you're hitting her with hockey pucks. You're you allowing branded her, to her. You branded her because she wanted you to. Yes. Like there's that's that's very odd. That's very odd. Could be sensory. Um, so I'm wondering if it's that. I'm also wondering if it was also like maybe attention. Uh, attention to from her. Like mm-hmm. maybe he had been wanting her attention and now she's mm-hmm. like giving it to him. But I just am like, that is so bizarre. I feel like that's like out of the realm of our four basic functions. Like that is like a mix of some type of other right. like mentalistic clinical definition. Right. Because right. I don't know what that yes. is. That is very weird. And the, also I find it strange that he wasn't charged. He was Yeah, not- like what the fuck? He's just like let go. Like that's not fucking weird. Yeah. He, what? They, they determined that he did not do anything illegal. Well, I guess if you think of like, say you do BDSM, if I was into BDSM and I have like my boyfriend pouring hot wax on me and I have like fucking third degree burns, but like I asked for that, like he, I consented to it. We're two adults. Like, Mm -hmm. so I feel like even though, yeah, it's fucking weird. Like James, you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, he, she asked me to do it. She's Mm -hmm. an adult. She consented to it. Like, why am I going to get in trouble for doing something she asked me to do? So that's why I'm like, is that sensory though? Because like, wouldn't that be the function of like BDSM since that is a sexual behavior you're getting, which is sensory reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm wondering like, what kind of sex did they have? Maybe they were a little rough. Maybe they do, did do BDSM. Because like, how are you just inflicting pain on somebody and it's not affecting you? Right. Like, that's weird. It's so weird. So, I mean, I, I find his role in this all, like, really interesting. The weirdest. <laughs> yes, because with her, like, she got a lot of financial compensation. She got media attention. attention. Was a, she got she, away from her husband. Yeah, husband and kids for three weeks. Um, she spent spent three weeks with her ex-boyfriend. Like, her behavior is like, all right, we can kind of see, understand. But him, like, I don't understand why you would d- go to this extent for any, any woman, especially right. someone else's wife, like, it's it's crazy. So she did go to therapy, like the state paid for her therapy. And the fact that she continued to have therapy sessions, her attorney claimed that she clearly has a mental disorder. Okay. Um, they called it fictitious disorder, which this is the definition, a serious mental disorder in which someone deceives others by appearing sick, by purposely getting sick or by self-injury. 
Uh, fictitious disorder also can happen when family members or caregivers falsely present others, such as children, as being ill, injured, or impaired. Um, so okay. they said that she probably had fictitious disorder and she had a mental illness. She was engaging in self-injurious behaviors. But does this sound like a mental disorder or like a behavioral disorder? Obviously, we're not right. diagnosing here. It's just no an open conversation about it. But I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, you kind of have to not be in the right mental state to do all of this. Right. And the thing is, I think for us, because we are like a sector of psychology, but we're more like science-based, right? So I feel like for us, it's like we look at things of like, okay, but that was the behavior and this is the consequence. Like you're being fucking weird. You're leaving your husband. You're fucking hurting yourself. Like that's not normal. This is what we need to do to like to fix that. Or this is what we need to do to not reinforce that. You were being reinforced by this and we're looking at it so scientifically, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Like that's not normal. Same thing with James. Like those two things- not everybody just does that right like that's weird but then I feel like the science side of us is like okay but why am I going to label you with this thing like you did x y and z you need to face the consequence and I think the reason that it's not even just us but like society will get this view towards criminals is because a lot of times criminals try to use insanity defenses or oh I have x y and z so that's why I did this and their defense attorneys paint this narrative of like they should just get off because they're sick and it's like Okay, no, like you're clearly lo- like you're able to communicate. You're able to understand what you did was wrong. You pled mm-hmm. guilty. James knows what he did was wrong. Yeah. Even though you are maybe diagnosed with this, I'm not like we don't know enough about this in our right. field to even say if say it's true or not. Mm-hmm. But say she is, like does that still does that really matter? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like who like I genuinely don't care because you clearly knew what you were doing. You took all of this money all of these resources, all of these people's time, you deserve whatever consequence comes with that. And that's just, that's the truth. And I feel like another thing is that if she was a man, we'd all feel like more comfortable saying that as well. But because she's like a cute, pretty blonde white lady, oh, maybe she was stressed. Maybe something's wrong with her. Look, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like, it's like so easy to feel bad for these for women in general, I think a lot of times, but it's like, to me, I'm like, I don't give a fuck that you have fictitious disorder. Like you're fine. You're able to talk. Like you're able to communicate. That's the thing. Like if you go on the DSM five, which is a book of all those disorders, there's so many. Everybody has something. Yeah. Every single person can fit in one of the, one of these disorders. So it's really, it's really amazing to me how many disorders there are. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think she was, um, incapable of knowing right from wrong. She's right, and I think not, that's the most important. It, exactly. And then another, like, just final thoughts on like what the kind of everybody that was involved with donations, um, they felt duped. Um, I mean, there of there was a lot of funds that were allocated to her search. You know, s- given to her through donations of just the GoFundMe. Um, right. The the police spent over $150,000 on resources for this case. And, you know, they, there's so many other women that go missing all the fucking time, like right. black, Mexican, Native Americans. And the, the type of um, resources that were used on this fake kidnapping is really unfortunate exactly. um, because it's like the, even Tara Smith, um, the family was upset because her case lasted I don't know how many years. I mean, it's going to be 2022 and it started in 2016. So at least, what is that? Six years. Six years. Yeah. Um, and Tara Smith's case was shut in a year and a half and she, her case is still right. unsolved. So they're like, you guys spent all this money, all this time just to figure out the case was a hoax. And um, it's still getting attention because everybody now wants to know what the fuck's going to happen to her. And no yep. one's worrying about Tara. Yep. So it, there's things like that that is unsettling for the people that were invested in this case. And just for me, too, like it is unsettling how our resources are allocated to certain people in certain cases. Right. So there's just that, you know, final thought to think about, which is honestly, I feel like it's our fault as viewers because once this hit national news, police feel obligated to follow through on this case because they have that, like, that need, like, the people are needing answers. So, you know, it's, like, a kind of, like, 
they want, so we give. It's like, a, right. like you know, like they the people want us to figure this out. So we need to really all hands on deck here or else, you know, they're going to be asking us more questions. So that's just a kind of a final thought, like, you know, what de- what demographic gets more resources than others. Right. She ultimately ended up alone. She's going to be probably facing prison time. If not, she's going to be owing a lot of fucking money in fines. She has to pay back all of the legal fees, legal fees, victim compensation, the therapy that the state paid for, the blinds that the state inserted. Oh my God. All of the resources that was available to her. And she's, she's going to you know, do some time or pay a fine, uh, whatever that may be. And right. now she is labeled as like this crazy lady <laughs> that has no credibility. So I think at the right. end, um, she lost a lot, but don't do this. <laughs> don't know. She your- deserved it. She deserves it. Yeah. So that is the crazy case. The wild hoax kidnapping of Sherry Papini and our thoughts of her behaviors. Yep. That's it. That's it. So please, yeah, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Um, Leave us a review. We really want to start getting some reviews on, if you're listening on Apple podcast Um, and you can follow our Instagram at ABA on a pod and you can find me personally on Instagram at objective outcomes and you can find me on Instagram at Behavior with Ash. And really leave a review for this one because we did this segment different this time than the first time. So we want to know which one you like better. Yeah. But if yeah, you don't, then we're just going to do what we like and you're going to have to fucking listen. Listen to it. To it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys.